We're continuing our series, Hype Beast, and anybody else been loving this series so far? Fantastic. So week one, just to recap real quick, we had a series called, we had a message called Potion or Portion. Y'all remember this one? So Potion or Portion, we took a look at... Uh, well, let me tell you what hype beasts is real quick. Hype beasts are ideas and notions and culture where they are designed to specifically take us away from what God has called us to, what God has said about us, and designed to take us away from everything that God has for us, all of these things, right? And so we call them hype beasts because they are designed to devour us, okay? So we looked at potion or portion because so often it's our human inclination, it's our human nature. We're broken, we're fractured human beings. We all are. You're not alone in that. And it's our human nature. We don't always want God who can be everything to us. So often we want a quick fix. We want a quick potion. We want something that can just get it done real quick. We want something that is just able to take the itch away, to scratch the itch, to numb the pain, whatever it is, right? Zach's a good guy. I love him. Thank you, Zach. Helping a friend out. But often in our life, we don't want a potion, or we don't want a portion, we want a potion. We want something that's going to scratch the itch to take the pain away. And so that's why we look to the left, that's why we look to the right, that's why we try this, that's why we try that, that's why we try to sedate ourselves and all of these things. It's because we don't want a sovereign God who's going to be all things to all people. He's not going to come around us. We don't often want our portion. A portion means inheritance, by the way, if you haven't listened to the message. We don't always want the inheritance because that inheritance means that we don't get to have fun with this, we don't get to numb it with this, and we don't get to do this. Because God is saying, I am enough. I can be everything. He's like, let me be your portion. Let me be your inheritance. You are a son. You are a daughter. You can have fullness. You can have wellness. You can have completeness in me. Because if you keep trying these potions, it's just going to leave you unsatisfied. It's just going to leave you thirsty for more. It's not going to benefit you anything. Do you remember this message? So then week two... Oh, Yeah, if y'all can't see right now, there's a little beautiful girl who's a part of Takeover Church uh, handing out cookies, which is fantastic. Good grief. Train them up the way they should go. Amen? Awesome. And then week two is this. Week two, we had a message. Anybody remember what the message was called? We got to take notes. Thank you, Holly. Yes, week two was called Love You Better. And we took a look at this piece of scripture in Romans where there was a culture at one point in time where Jesus had come and he'd already fulfilled the law and he gave us a new commandment. He said, the new commandment I give you, love your neighbor as you love yourself and love your God with your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And do this, they will know you're my disciples by how you love one another. Remember this? They will know you, my disciples, by how you love one another. So we looked at this place in culture in Romans where they were holding this Jewish law against people and saying, this is the only way that you are going to find fulfillment. It's the only way that you're going to get to God is if you do these things. When Jesus says, no, 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 sit with me and I'll clean you up. But religion says, clean up and you can sit with me. Religion says, change and you can come in. Jesus says, come in and I will change you. And we looked at how we need to do a better job of relaying that message because I want to tell you tonight, this church, I can't speak for everybody. I wish I could. I wish I could speak for every single Christian who's ever walked this earth. But I got to tell you tonight, this church is a you belong before you believe kind of church. This church is a you belong before you behave kind of church. Amen. We are not interested in behavior modification. This is a church for soul transformation. Amen. Can you make some noise for Jesus tonight? 
that's our God, that's who he is, that's the gospel. If you've heard anything contrary to that, I am sorry. I want to apologize, but I also want to say welcome home, amen? All right, so that leads me to the title of my message. Y'all taking notes? I got four of you. Fantastic. I'm kidding. Note takers, title of my message is this. You ready? <laughs> do you boo-boo? Would you turn and tell your neighbor, say, do you boo-boo? Y'all ain't having enough fun with that. Will you turn and tell your other neighbor, do you, boo-boo? Just a little swag. I like, do you, boo-boo? You know what I'm saying? I also subtitled this message. So you can put like parentheses or whatever. There's a subtitle to this message. I know, like how long is this thing going to be if there's a subtitle? It's wild. No, not a colon. No, it's like, yeah, the parentheses. No, there's a, all right. It's cool, man. You're still in college. I've been out of college for a long time. I'm like 40. Jeez. Subtitled, parentheses, colon, semicolon, whatever. Okay? English lit majors. Come on. So do you, boo-boo, subtitled, parentheses, all those good things. You ready for this? I don't think you're ready for this. Living my truth. Living my truth. Doug, got your Bibles tonight? Fantastic. If you need a Bible, I got a couple in the back up there. There's some more outside if you need them, but uh, we're about to get in the scripture tonight. Romans 8, 12 through 17. I'm going to be coming out of the ESV tonight. It'll also be up on the Big Bible or the Sky Bible back here in just a moment. If you got, if you got Romans 8, say you're there. See, I'm putting everybody on site tonight. We're going to find out. I'm still on the table of context. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Ready? Romans 8, 12 through 17 says this. So then, brothers, we are debtors, but not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put death to the deeds of the body, and you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are God's sons and God's daughters. Amen. For if you did not receive the Spirit, or so, for you did not receive the Spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the Spirit of adoptions as sons and as daughters, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if the children are the, then are, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Does that sound like good news? Some of y'all are hung up on the word suffer. We'll get to that later. Y'all mind if we pray real quick before we go any further? More prayer in church, pastor? No, it's cool. Okay. Jesus, we thank you so much for tonight, God. We thank you that we are able to gather right now in this place. God, I ask in the next few moments over this word, Jesus, you would make yourself so known to us. God, so personal to us. God, I said it last week. I'm going to say it again because I just kind of feel like that's the atmosphere in the room, Jesus. But there are some of us tonight. God, we love the rah-rah. We love the excitement. But some of us fought. We fought hell back to get here tonight, Jesus. And so we need a word from our Savior, Jesus. We tonight, we didn't gather here, God, just to have another rowdy service, God. We need a word. We need a comfort from the Holy Spirit, God. We need to know that you're listening. We need to know that you care. We need to know that you're close. So if that's you tonight, God, move. Be with your people. Give us that soft word tonight, God. Whisper on our ear. Let us know that you're here and that you're near and that you've never left us, God. That you're never going to leave us, God. 
And for the rest of us tonight, Jesus, we ask that you would just continue to show up and show off and impress upon our hearts, God, how much you love us, Jesus. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for the word. We thank you for the worship. We thank you for everybody here. In Jesus' mighty name of Faithful Church said, Amen. All right, so I'm about to get wild, fam, because, uh, yeah, we got a super serious pair. Wild, fam. Um, it's about to get wild because I got to be honest with you. Um, I felt really, really prompted to preach on the subject tonight and, 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 and this piece of scripture specifically. And then, yo, y'all know when, like, you got a homework assignment due and, like, it's just not working. It's just not coming together. You stayed up late, like, four nights in a row. You've put a lot of hours into it. And it's just like, this isn't working. Anybody ever been there? Oh, everybody else is a straight A student. It was me in the struggle bus by myself. All right, that's cool. No worries. It's fine. Straight A students. For those of us with a 3.4 GPA after summer school, um, don't judge my journey. You don't know my story. You don't know the mess of my message. Come on. Um, that was one of those weeks. This was one of those messages. This was so difficult for me to pull this together and to make some sense of it. It literally wasn't until this afternoon before church that really like God to start knitting it together. And I'm not saying that as a preface. I'm saying that because I believe God's going to do something tonight with this word. I believe that when there is adversity, bless you child, when there's adversity and all of these things going on, that man, God has something to tell you guys tonight. Does that sound good? I rebuke those sneezes in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Do you, boo-boo, y'all ready for this? Zyrtec. Zyrtec in the house. Benadryl. Bless you. Okay. So, um, do you, boo-boo. Living my truth, subtitled all these things. The reason I titled my message this is because, again, when we started doing Hype Beast, a series in church, man, there are things in our culture and in our world and in our society and in the city today, there are notions, there are ideas that are designed to devour you, to take you away from what God has said about you, what God has spoken over you, what God has brought you into this world to have the fullness, the completeness, the joy of Jesus Christ. Is there anybody tonight that could do with some more joy? There are things in our culture and in our world that are designed by the enemy from the pits of hell to keep you from that joy, to keep you from that fullness, and complete, keep you from your potential. You know what the beautiful part about God is? If I can go off off uh, off a uh, script for a second, do you know what the beautiful part about God is? Is God doesn't just give you potential. That word, that word was never in the Bible. He never spoke potential over you. He spoke destiny and greatness over you. He says the plans I know, the plans I have for you, not to not to harm you, not to keep things from you, but to prosper you, to give you hope. Does anybody need some hope tonight? To give you a hope and a future. Does anybody need some faith for the future tonight? His goal for what you wasn't always this potential. No, no, no. He knows exactly what you will amount to and what you are capable of. Potential is a glass ceiling that man has placed on you. No, no, no. God's purpose for you is to exceed every man, woman, any negative thing that was ever spoken of in your life. God has more for you than the glass ceiling placed above you. Do you believe that tonight? Do you, boo-boo? I'm so excited to preach this message. Do you, boo-boo? Why is that a phrase, Matt? Because I believe the greater lie in all of this is this idea of living my truth. There's this attitude in our world today that just says, do you, boo-boo, live your truth. 
Live your truth. Do what you want to do, how you want to do it, when you want to do it, as you want to do it, appearing how you want to appear. Do you boo-boo. There's this attitude of, you know what? You can't check me. You can't keep me accountable. You can't call me out on things. I'm going to do me. You do you. Worry about you. I'm going to do me. Don't worry about it. Has anybody ever met this person before? Has anybody ever been this person before? My hand's up. Because I can tell you Matt's innate default setting is you can't tell me nothing. Amen? Don't amen that. Jeez, you fell for it. Every time a pastor says amen, you just think you're supposed to do it. I got you. Got him. <laughs> I want to start that. Could that be a new thing? Right? Let's go, got him. Okay, that's annoying. Um, two times I was over it. But man, my innate setting in this life as a pastor, as a Christian, as a leader, as a husband, for all of these years, for all of these things, all the time I've been with Jesus, I want so much to tell you that, yeah, my, my default setting is the Word of God. My default setting is what the Bible says. My default setting is what Jesus has spoke over me. My default setting, I can't tell you that. Because my wife will let you know that Matt's going to do Matt. And this is a journey, and this is a struggle, because I am headstrong, I am stiff-necked, I am like a bull, I'm a hard-nosed vet. I don't even know what that means, I heard that somewhere. Somebody was like, that's a hard-nosed vet, and I'm like, of what? I don't know. It's not as funny to you as it is me. Got it, it's cool, don't worry about it. Stupid things Matt says. But do you boo-boo? And that's a thing in our culture, and I think it's always been in the world since the fall of man that, you know what, because the whole reason we fell in the first place is because God said this, nah, I'm going to do me, I'm going to get this fruit. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to do me, you can do you, don't bother me about what I'm doing, I won't bother you about what you're doing, watch out for yourself, I'll watch out for me, I'm going to do me, do you, boo boo. So Matt, what does this have to do with this text? What does this have to do with the scripture tonight? What does this have to do with hype beast? Because there's this idea out here right now called living my truth. Has anybody ever heard that before? Live your truth. Just live for your truth. Has anybody ever heard this before? I was in Squibs Coffee Shop. Anybody ever heard of Squibs? It is one of the great, at least number three cafes in Grand Rapids. And I can list them because I'm a coffee connoisseur and I am an elitist and I got problems when it comes to my coffee. Anything else? Great. Different kind of bottles of water. I will do the 99 cent, 50 cent one at the gas station. I'm fine with water. I don't care what's in my water. You got lead in my water. As long as I can drink it, I'm fine. I don't care. When it comes to coffee, it better be right. You better have the science. I better be able to ask all the questions because I know. Okay. Squibs is at least top three in the city. I love Squibs. If you haven't been there, it's on Wealthy Street. Quick plug for Squibs. Love it. Well, I was at Squibs the other day, and there was this woman and this other woman who clearly do yoga and were drinking kombucha. What does that do with anything? Well, one, I associate all three of these things I'm going to say with yoga and kombucha. Don't worry. I'm not against yoga. I'm just saying you don't want to see my downward dog is all, okay? I'm not that flexible. It's kind of ugly. I'm that guy. I get, I get suckered into doing hot yoga. I'm just going to be nasty. It's just not going to be great. And it's just like, this is why you're not welcome here, Matt. Um, takeover is a home for anybody and everybody. Yoga, not so much. It's just not me. But there's ladies and they were drinking, uh, I was about to say they're drinking yoga. They're drinking kombucha and they definitely did yoga and all of these things. And I overheard them because I find myself when I'm writing my message, I like to take my earbuds out now. I'm sitting in a coffee shop and, you know, usually I'll listen to worship music or I'll listen to another podcast or I'll play something in my ear because I got mad ADD, if you can't tell, and I like to be distracted by something in my ear to kind of focus on what I'm doing. But lately, I just felt like God's been saying, no, 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 lose the earbuds. 
take your earbuds out, just sit there and listen to the people around you. Listen to what they're talking about. If you're at a coffee shop and you're meeting up with somebody, you're probably talking about business, you're probably in a relationship, or you're meeting up and talking about like your issues and your struggles in life. Hear where the city's at. Because yeah, the whole city may not be meeting here at Takeover Church, but I believe <laughs> I'm audacious enough to say I want them to be. Because I think we have a flavor of Jesus that is the actual Bible, and I think people need to hear this good news, amen? That he's for people, not against them. No matter what your history or present situation may be, Jesus is for you. And so I'm listening, and I hear these girls, and yeah, they're kind of going back and forth, and I think this woman was just kind of fed up. She was kind of fed up, and she was just kind of over life. It sounds like she is going to a university here in the city, a great university here in the city, but she's not okay with, like, how people are trying to keep her accountable, and she wants to kind of do things herself. And, and she literally said the phrase, this is my life. I'm going to live my truth. And I've heard that before. I've heard people say, like, live your truth. Live for your truth. And they got me thinking as I was already preparing this message of do you boo-boo to add the live you, you know, live your truth on it. And I'm like, that ain't right. Because if you're living your truth and she's living her truth and I'm living my truth, well, then whose truth is true? Whose truth is truth? I'm saying like, man, if I look around and your truth doesn't match up with her truth, but she's living her truth and her truth that she's living her truth doesn't match up with my truth, but I'm living my truth. I'm doing me, boo-boo. Well, then nobody's truth is truth and nobody has truth. And then where do we get this idea of truth? If our society has lost truth, then we lost all, we lost all knowledge. We lost all understanding. If there's not a truth to actually guide us in this life, we have lost it all. If we are all here just to simply exist and to do whatever it is that we want to do, is there anybody in here tonight that'd be brave enough to put their hand up and say that you spent a season of your life doing what you want to do? Because my hand's up. Thank you for being honest. I spent seasons in my life doing what I want to do. I spent seasons in my life living my truth. But church, at least I hope so, because I understand that even sometimes just because this is an outward society thing that we're kind of talking about right now, this is something that has infected the church as well. I don't know if you know that, but have you ever met a Christian that, you know what, depending on how I'm feeling that day, depends on how I feel about that verse in the Bible? People whose relationship with Jesus wavers just because they're not feeling it. I'm not feeling church. I'm not feeling like worshiping. I'm not feeling like being a part of a community. Yeah, she's trying to keep me accountable in my crew, but she don't know my life. She doesn't know what happened to me. Yeah, I know what Jesus says, but you know what? I just need to go out after work. I know what the Bible says. I know what Matt preached on Sunday, but they don't know what my, my week has looked like. They don't know what my life has been. They don't know what my mother said to me. You don't know what happened in my household. And so suddenly in the church, and it's just like in society, I'm getting to it here tonight, church. So suddenly in the four walls of the local church and in greater society, we eclipse each other at some point in time where our truth isn't actually truth at all. Our truth is our feelings. For us as Christians, man, we should know this. We should know that we do not make decisions. By the way, a little bit of wisdom tonight. Don't make decisions when you're in your feelings. I'm not talking about the Drake song. Don't make decisions when you're in your feelings. Why? Never a good idea. But suddenly, here we are, 
In a do you boo boo culture, I'm gonna live my truth, I'm gonna do me, whatever it is I wanna do. Suddenly, truth isn't actually truth, both to the Christian and non Christian. Truth is how I'm feeling, truth is my feelings. But for us as Christians, at least if we've been in church for any amount of time, if you've had any interaction with Jesus, you probably know this. That feelings, man, they come and go. It takes one bad day with one bad decision or one good day with one good decision. All of a sudden, the right wave can come through or the wrong tide can come through, brush up against you in just the right way, and you feel one way or you feel another. Amen? For us, we know that there cannot be simultaneous truths that run side by side, parallel together. There is one truth, and we don't build our we don't build our lives, we don't build our marriages, we don't build our relationships, we don't build anything, we don't build our businesses, we don't build anything in our lives on our feelings or how we're going or what the week has looked like. We build our marriages, our lives, our relationships, we build all of our lives on the simple truth. Then his truth has a name and his name is Jesus. Amen. There is one truth, friends, and his name is Jesus. You want to know how I know this? Because when my feelings are out of whack and I'm getting brushed by every single wave that comes my way, when a Mack truck comes running at me and it's just like, man, I've had a crazy week. And then all of a sudden, if it couldn't get any worse, boom, there's a Mack truck, a semi right down your path, bulldozing every good little piece of hope that you had left. Anybody ever been there? Yeah, yeah, I've been there as well. Man, this week's been hard. I'm getting through it. Praise God, it's Friday. We made it. And then all of a sudden, just get run down by a Mack truck full of hurt and pain and confusion and doubt and worry and anxiety. I couldn't imagine living in a world where the decisions I made were based off how anxious I was that day. I couldn't imagine that God's plan for you and for me when he sent Jesus, the only orbiter and arbiter of truth that we have, the only axis of truth that we have, we know, we sang it tonight, so will I. If you don't hear, never heard that song before, that's amazing, isn't it? You got to go back and read the words. That'll mess you up. And you're like, wow. But if everything exists to lift you high, so will I. We understand that this world spins on an axis and his name is God. And I cannot believe that the God who spoke all of creation into existence, who spoke you into existence, who planned you, whether your parents planned you or not, whether how you got here was out of love or other means or not, the God who knew you before you entered this plane of existence knew every hair on your head, our Bible says, knit you together in your mother's womb. You might have been surprised to somebody. You were never a surprise to God. You are a planned purpose. This God did not exist you or birth you or bring you into this life to make decisions based off your feelings to have fear run your life, to have worry and doubt be a consistent struggle for you, for unwellness in your mind to be a consistent part in your life. He brought you to not do you boo-boo, but to live with the complete fullness and joy and experience life and life to the full. John 10, 10, only found in Jesus. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? Because if your truth doesn't match up with her truth, and her truth don't match up with Matt's truth, but they can't be true at all. 
That's just our feelings. That's just our vibe. That's just the wave that we're on. That's just how we're feeling that day or in that season. That is just a season in our life that is made up by the situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in. Amen? No, 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 no. Jesus is the only axis at which our world spins on. So we don't exist to live our truth, but we must exist to live his truth. So where does that fit into the scripture, Matt? Why do you have this random scripture out here talking about not living by the flesh and, and dying to this and all of these things? What does the scripture have to do with anything? What if I told you tonight that so often we get really, really confused, we muddy up church, we muddy up messages because we like to make more out of these words than there actually are. What if I told you tonight when the Bible is talking about flesh and dying to your flesh? Sounds so weird to say, doesn't it? We don't live in that time period anymore, you know? It's like a pretty updated translation, ESV, English Standard Version, if you don't know. But it's like flesh, what does that even mean? Because that's not a word that we use in school. We don't, we don't even have Christian schools where somebody like slaps you on the hand with a ruler like they did when I was growing up. Uh, never went to Christian school, by the way. I just heard horror stories. But you get slaps on the wrist. Nobody ever says, like, you're being in your flesh right now. That's just not a word that we use. It's just not in our lexicon, right? It's just not in our nomenclature in 2018, is it? Flesh. But we live. Rusty's really impressed by my uh, vocabulary right now. My wide and vast vernacular that I seem to possess. I hate $5 words, by the way. Man. You got me all messed up, Rusty. I don't know where I'm at no more. It's okay. Jeez. Grace of God. But flesh, yes. Thank you, Holly. But flesh. What does that mean? What if I told you that flesh was just our desires? What if I just told you that flesh was, was our worry? That flesh was our fear. That flesh was when we, we want to do things on our own, when we want to be our own Superman or our own hero, that we want to come through for ourselves, that, that when our flesh is going wild is when we want things that God says is contrary or what's best for our lives. That flesh is what happens when we try, just like week one with potions, that we try to seek our fulfillment and our satisfaction and all of these other things instead of in God himself when he says he himself is enough for us. What if I told you tonight that that is what dying flesh is. When Jesus, or when Paul, Apostle Paul, in this piece of scripture, he is saying, so then, brothers, we are not debtors to our flesh, but we are actually called to die to our flesh, to kill our flesh, and to live from and in and by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus that now lives on the inside of you. The Bible says it's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives through me. Jesus himself said, it's better that I go so that the advocate, the friend, the Holy Spirit can come and live on the inside of you. I am good with 12 of you and one of them still betrayed you. But there's another part of me that gets to come and every believer and every tongue that confesses that he is Lord shall be saved. And when you are saved, you can get the Holy Spirit. We can actually put to death our flesh and our desires and all of these things. But it goes back to week one in a few different ways. Because we talked about David and we talked about how he is just the perfect example of a human. Because we're messed up, right? He's called the man after God's own heart. Yet he's the same man that had affairs, that had an affair with a married woman and she got pregnant. He sent her husband to the front lines of a war to die. This is David. 
he's killed and he's led. His kingsmanship was not up to godly standards, but he was known as a man after God's own heart. And we talked about in week one how that's incredibly hard for me to reconcile, probably incredibly hard for you to reconcile. But the reason that he is a man after God's own heart is because in spite of it all tonight, in spite of everything that he's done, right, godly, righteous, wrong, unrighteous, no matter what it is, he always knew that God's plan was for him. That God's heart was for him. That God was never working against David, but everything he was doing was in pursuit of David. That is why, no matter his motives and no matter his situation and what he did, he knew, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that God was for him. And because his heart never wavered from God, God's heart never wavered from David. No matter his actions in the flesh. And so I want to look at this real quick as we, I don't know where we're at tonight. Okay, <laughs> I, got a, I got a boogity. Right here in Romans 8, 12, he says this, So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, put to death the deeds of the body, and you will live. For if you, for all who are led by the Spirit are God's sons and, or God's sons and daughters, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but, after you, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father, I want to rest on that for a second. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Can I point something out for you tonight? I love this verse because Paul is saying, friends, those desires that you live with, those, those addictions, those things that you look that, that when it's late at night or you've just had a crazy week that you suddenly reach to the left and reach to the right out, when you just want to do you, when you just want to live your truth, when you just want to lash out and just have some fun for yourself and you want to let go and you want to be free-spirited, Paul is saying that's not free-spirited. Free spirit is actually the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will never speak a word to you that's contrary to the rest of the Bible because he's the same. The word became flesh, which is Jesus. The spirit of Jesus now lives on the inside of you. The spirit of God will never speak to you something contrary to what the Bible says is best for you. So in fact, the only way to be free spirited is to have the Holy Spirit and live according to the word of God. Amen. Yeah, inception. But Paul is saying you can actually dead that flesh those things that are holding you back, those things that you reach out to, that when you're confused, that when you're lonely, those people you text and those things that you have going on, those moments of flesh, those desires, those things that happen on the inside of you, that just keep knocking. Maybe you'll have five good days and then you feel like you need a drink. Maybe you'll have 10 good days. Maybe you'll make it two months and then you got to call that guy. Whatever the situation is, Paul is saying you can actually dead those fleshly desires of yours and live by the Spirit but I think this is a really crazy part of the Bible that we overlook a lot of times. It says this, you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by whom we cry, Abba, Father. But he says this, you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Do you want to know why I think most Christians kind of fall back into what God has set them free from? Because the Bible says this, right? It says, whom the son sets free is what? Are you convinced of that tonight? The Bible says, whom the son sets free is is free indeed. So why do we fall back into it? Why do, these, why do these desires, why do these notions, why do these things keep popping up inside of me? Why do I feel like I can't control myself sometimes? Why do I feel like I can't get my mind under control? Why do I feel like anxiety and worry run my life? Why do I feel like emotions have me and I don't have my emotions? Why do I feel this way? I think it's really found in this verse. 
I think, look at this. He says, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. I think for a lot of Christians, man, we hear a good message and we're like, woo, yeah, I can take on the world. I'm free. The son has set me free. I'm free indeed. Liberation and freedom has come to my home. I'm never going to fall back into that. I think we, I think we do that for a second. And then I think about two weeks of the Christ high. That's what it's called. You come to know Jesus and you're like, woo, for, for two weeks. And then suddenly, life goes back to normal. Suddenly you're back in routine. Suddenly you're facing difficulties and transgressions and, and trials and all these things coming against you. Suddenly you're alive and the devil now sees you as a target, so he's sending everything at you. Suddenly this is your life and you're awake and you're alive and you're fully knowing Jesus and you're led by the Spirit and things are getting difficult. And then all of a sudden, the devil likes to come up in your ear and he starts to remind you of what you were before you came home to Jesus. Reminds you of what your heart looked like, what your motives looked like, what your guilt looked like, what your shame looked like, what you did. Those things that the pastor and what the Bible has told you is dead, is buried, it is underneath with Christ. When he went to the cross, he no longer holds your sins against you or your past against you. He held it against himself and like he fulfilled the law, he took the penalty for your past and your situations and your future sins, by the way. And suddenly the devil's there and he's just like, yeah, but remember this? You did this. Remember that summer of do you, boo-boo? Remember when he was out living your truth? Remember those things you did that you never confessed? Remember those things that you never told your counselor about? Remember those things that you hide from your crew leader? You're there and everybody's smiling and everybody's happy and everybody is just excited to be a crew and, and nobody has these difficult things to talk about, but all of a sudden your past is riding your back and reminding you daily of where you've been? I think we get to that point as Christians. Has anybody ever been there, by the way? Has the devil ever tried to remind you of your past? We get to that point as Christians. And I think it's found in this piece of scripture. You do not receive a spirit of fear. I think for Christians, the reason we mess up is because we do take on a spirit of fear. Spirit of fear didn't come from God. The Bible says, do you know what it says? For he does not give you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Amen. He is not the author of confusion or discord. That's what our Bible says. So where did that spirit of fear come from? The devil, the pits of hell. But we get that spirit of fear on us because we're young and we're infants in Jesus and we don't understand all of this yet and we haven't gotten to that point. I'm not talking about understanding or maturity in Christians. You remember, you remember the maturity in Christians? Man, the people who are real spirit-filled, you ever heard that? They start talking with like a whisper and like breathy, more breathy than the rest of us. You bring them to church and you bring your friend to church and it's like, hey Dave, this is my friend John. And David would be like, oh, it's good to meet you, Jonathan. May you come to join the brethren. And you're like, all right, let me meet somebody else over here. Uh, you know, spirit-filled believers, more breathy and airy than the rest of us. But we live this life of being Christians where the devil just likes to remind us of our past and he comes up to us because we all deal with it. Don't get me wrong. We all struggle. We all have a past. We all dabble in what we used to go into. Nobody is perfect here. These things happen. There's grace for that. There is grace for when you backslide. There is grace for when you make a mistake because you are not your mistake. Amen? You need to know that tonight. You are not your mistake. You are not your backslide. You are not your dabble. You are not, when you sent that text, you were not those things. You are a son and you are a daughter. And you did not receive the spirit of fear. The reason some of us go back to these things, I think a lot of us go back to these things, is because we have taken on a spirit of fear. Because we start doubting the word of God. We start doubting what a guy has said over our lives. We start doubting what God has spoken over us. And we go, you know what? I just don't, 
you know, I, I had a, I had a, I had a heck of a week, and I, you know, I just, I'm afraid I'm going to drink. You know, I, I just, I had the sneaking suspicion that, you know what, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I came to know Jesus, and we're going to church, and our marriage is a lot better. But man, I still, I still don't think I'm enough. I still don't think I'm good enough. I still don't think He really wants me. I still don't think He approves of me. Oh yeah, you know, like I'm six months sober, but man, I'm just not as fun as I used to be. And, and I miss the club and I miss the nightlife and I miss the drugs and I miss the people. And, and you know what, Christians, they just kind of like to, you know, remind me of my past and my wrong. And they want to, they keep badgering me to ask if I'm okay. And it just kind of feels like they're judging me. And, and you know what, my friends at the club and my friends with the drugs and stuff like that, you know what, they didn't bother me like that. They didn't judge me. They were just glad I'm there. I wish some Christians would treat me like they're glad I'm there. And we start living in fear that we might mess back up, that we might backslide, that we might go backwards. But the incredible thing about Jesus is that the truth of God is right here, that you have been adopted. You have received the spirit of adoption. The sons and the daughters have now come home. And back in the day, what Paul is talking to in the book of Romans, when he says the spirit of adoption is this. Back when adoption would happen back then, the sons and the daughters that were brought home, they didn't have a choice. It wasn't a matter of whether they chose their parent. It was when their parent chose them. Here, nowadays, you will have kids meet the parents and do the whole thing and, and get to know each other and see if it's a good fit and you'll be watching them and stuff like that. No, 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 back in the day, it was, I'm dad, I'm mom, we want them. And when you came home, you are no longer a part of two families. You've never been part of another family. You are now, your history is rewritten. Your history is redeemed. Your history is anew because from this moment forward, what was behind you has now been rewritten and override because now you are home and you are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. Amen. <laughs> Worship team, you can begin to make your way back up here as we land this bird. We are co-heirs with Christ. We have inheritance. He is our portion. Our God is more than enough for us. And I think that's when we start to doubt that. That's when we take on the spirit of fear is when we start to doubt his heart for us. You know, this was a hard week. And you know, maybe some words did come out of my mouth that shouldn't have come out of my mouth. And you know, maybe I did, I didn't tell anybody, but yeah, I did, I did go to the bar. I did go do this thing. You know, my Saturday night didn't really look like my, my Sunday night. You know, I went out and I did this and, and I'm just afraid that, you know, my church is going to judge me. I'm just afraid that Christians are going to judge me. I'm afraid that people aren't going to understand that I just had a moment that it's not my story. This isn't my, this isn't my movie. This is just a scene. This is just a moment in my life. This is just something that happened just this one time and I feel like I'm going to get judged. I feel like I'm going to get a scarlet letter because of this one thing at this one time and I'm sorry that I did it and I'm remorseful and I'm full of regret and I wish this never happened but I reached back and I dabbled and I backslid and I touched this and I did this and I just feel like everybody's going to judge me. But friends, for you and for me, what is going to combat that feeling, that insecurity is knowing that you are now a son and a daughter. We're able to put to death our flesh and our past and our desires and truly be led by the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit isn't airy words like that. 
Welcome to church. Grab a cookie. That's not more spirit-filled. Because in the, in the American church today, we've called it being spirit-filled. We've, we put spirit-filled and maturity together. When they're not synonymous. Because in fact, what it says that we are sons and we are daughters, that we are the children of God. In the American church, we've decided that spirit-filled meant being mature in Bible and theology and knowledge. What Paul says here is that being spiritually mature, being spirit-led and spirit-filled isn't for the elite, it's for everybody. For the infants, for the newborns, for the recent Christians and the recent converts. That you must take on this faith like a child to be spirit-led. To be spirit-led isn't that we second-guess everything the Bible says. It doesn't mean that we get in online debates. It doesn't mean that we subtweet when things in the, in the grander church are happening. It doesn't mean any of those things. It doesn't mean that we Facebook our, our ideas and our situations and we dissect what we believe the Bible says or it didn't say. No, no, no. Being spirit-led is when the spirit of Jesus now lives on the inside of you and what he is telling you lines up with the word of God. That he is for you. That he loves you. That he is never against you. That he is never far off. That he has never faltered and that he won't start with you and he won't stop with you, that he's going to be with you to this age and the next. This is our God. This is the truth that we all live by. Tonight I wanted to convince you that there is one axis that your life spins on and that's Jesus. That from this night forward, if you're in this place and maybe you don't know Jesus, or maybe you've been doing your own thing, maybe you've been living that life, I want to tell you that it's not subtraction, that it's not do's and don'ts, that it's not rules and religion. It's a God who says, I formed you, I crafted you, I know what's best for you. But even when you backslide, and even when you make a mistake, and even when your life doesn't look like I said it should, I'm going to be here and I'm going to love you and I'm going to encourage you and I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to dust you off and I'm going to clean you up and I'm going to make you whole time in and time again. Amen.